Welcome to episode 45 of the Owl and Badger podcast. My name is Tim and I'm joined by my very good friend Helen and we are two Christians who are seeking to understand the world around us through a biblical worldview. We want to encourage our listeners to apply critical thinking to current events and pursue truth as we seek to live for Christ. Happy belated Christmas, Helen. I can see you are now looking officially Christmassy with a monumentally huge Christmas tree behind you <laughs> and very little of your room now visible. Yes, happy Christmas. Are you squeezed into a corner with pine I'm in cones corner sticking with, in your I've ear? I've got Christmas decorations everywhere now. Yeah, properly Christmassy and it shall remain this way for some time. <laughs> so you, you've gone from one extreme to the other, haven't you? You've gone from a gone yeah. from a bare room with just a, a, a table and a cup and saucer in it to <laughs> to flashing lights, rotating yeah. Santa Clauses and yeah. a really enormous LED lit Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, some Absolutely. of that isn't true, by the way. No. <laughs> My tasteful Christmas tree. That you Your can tasteful, see. yes, it does look very tasteful. Very, very impressed. Very impressed. Yeah. Did you have Thanks. a nice, nice, nice break? Yes, good. Yeah, nice Christmas. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. Um, we we had a nice time as well. We actually went away, which was um, quite exciting because we've never never done that before. Um, so as a family, we just we just went away for uh, for Christmas um, for a, for a few days, which was which was good actually. It's really really nice to be somewhere different. Yeah. Um, did you did you did it feel Christmassy though? Did you have to take decorations to? No, no, it? we didn't. No, we didn't take decorations. No. Uh, there was a Christmas tree in the house we we're staying in, oh. and they also had a steam train. Which was um, well, a train pulled by a steam engine. Let's put it put it that way. Which which was basically decorated with with Christmas lights, which I'm sure you would approve of, Helen, oh. in terms of like garishness. Um, so the whole train was lit up like a massive long Christmas decoration. It was quite impressive. I've never oh, seen wow. anything like that before. So yeah, and that was quite nice because steam trains always make that nice sound, don't they? So yeah, yeah it felt it felt. It felt um, Christmassy, even though the weather was quite windy, and it's that sort of you, that sort of thing where you're walking around inside a cloud. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. yeah. But it was nice. Yeah. It was nice, and it was very quiet. There wasn't so many many people people around. I guess people have done the opposite to what we did. have gone somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, do, do you um, do you have any traditions on Christmas Day? I mean, are you a are you a religious watcher of the monarch? Um, well, I grew up always watching the Queen speech. So we had to, it was always a thing of, have we finished pudding? Have we done pudding? Or do we have to stop and watch the Queen and then come back to having pudding, depending how the timings have gone. Okay. And then for us, that always, the next job was to go out and milk the cows. So that was quite a progression. Watch the Queen make sure we've had pudding and then outside and do milk the cows, do all the jobs on the farm. Um, but yes, we always watch the Queen and my dad always wanted us to stand up for the national anthem. Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can imagine that. I can just picture that now, actually. Yeah. Cool. But I, I didn't actually watch the King's speech this year on um, on the day. Oh. No, because where we were having Christmas, that wasn't the thing. So I watched it. Oh, were, were you in? Were you in a household that didn't watch do? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. 
Well, if to, to add kind of balance to 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 this particular broadcast, uh, uh, we didn't watch it either. So so we get so we've we've got. We've got every side of the coin represented yeah. in the Alan Badger podcast, I think, <laughs> on this particular particular um, two-sided subject. Yeah, but <laughs> so. I, I have watched it. and um, How did he do? Well, <laughs> it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, actually. I Well, you know, you watch it now and you're just thinking, so, you know, how much of the Christmas story is he actually going to mention? And uh, yeah, and it... it yeah, I was, I was, it it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I think um, he, you know, he did mention the things that I was expecting about, you know, he, I don't think he mentioned climate change as such, but, you know, he didn't after mention the, climate change, looking after the oh, no. environment or something like that, I think, which right. I expected, obviously. And he talked quite a bit about other faiths, you know, made sure he was being inclusive and everything. Yeah. Um, but it it wasn't too bad um and i and i did think it's the thing is with him it's a shame really if only he could have the same passion for the christian faith as he has for planet earth mm. that would be that would be pretty amazing then actually maybe that's what we need to pray for him that he that he gets a passion for jesus that would be really good because uh, i think we should pray for our king yeah, oh, we we should pray for those in authority. The Bible, the Bible is clear about that. Uh, yeah, I, I do. That's a very clear command. Um, although it's not always easy, but no, it's something we need to do. Um, yeah. Praying, praying, praying for people like uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury. That perhaps we, you know, we get a different Archbishop of Canterbury who is gospel focused, maybe, because yeah, be that uh, yeah. the, the Archbishop of Canterbury would would of course have an influence. Um, Albeit small, but on on, on the monarch, um, yeah. the monarchy in general. Um, and any anything else from from your Christmas experience thus far, Helen? Um, well, yeah, highlights, low lights, low lights. Well, a low light was. Um, I did experience a Christmas sermon that I wasn't too impressed with. Not not in my own church. I have to say, I was visiting elsewhere, and um, yeah, it. Oh dear, it was painful. This lady, she had a really big packed church to uh, to preach the gospel to, but she didn't do that. She, what did she do? She implied implied she would rather have had Jesus be born as a girl, which irritated okay. me from the start. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then she pretty much managed to include every buzzword going you know gender sexuality race it's like this is this is a christmas message um yeah no challenge or gospel message in there and uh, you know the you are you are loved which of course is true but that's not that's not enough that's that's not the gospel message so you know just send everyone away you're fine you're fine god loves you that's that's that yeah, yeah. You, you, you're 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 fine you're fine yeah um and you, you and don't... that place was full i would i suspect the vast majority of people that's the only time they're they're in church well that's the thing isn't it a lot of, a lot of people do come to church at christmas who like you say would normally come to church so it's a tremendous opportunity yeah. for that church to really give people the gospel yeah. and when that doesn't happen it's it's a massive 
missed opportunity and really you're as a ch- if, if that happens as a church unfortunately what you're doing is just wasting everybody's time mm. um which is very sad is but very sad. um oh dear me oh that sounds i'm presuming that's an Anglican church is it it is yes right yes. <clears throat> okay oh dear oh dear um well that that's not um that's that's not great is it um okay have you made any do you make any new year's resolutions helen no 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 i don't okay no. do you oh, no i don't no mainly because um i think if i'm honest i probably struggle to keep them and it's yeah. always it's just it's, it's dispiriting and disheartening when you realize that and uh but the only thing i i i would say i have done is well i've just cancelled my bbc license tax Oh, I like. So I can't stand the BBC, and yeah, I thought well I, don't, I don't want well to pay done. them any of my money. Wretched no. organisation. So I think all you listeners cancel your TV license. Yeah, I think I I might do the same. When you think Seriously, over the years, how sh- much how much money has gone their way? Oh, it's appalling. I think, I think we've appalling. spent enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wouldn't. You know, wouldn't object if 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 it was optional. You know, if, you, if it was like Netflix or Amazon or something like that, where you think, okay, if I want to watch the BBC, then I need to pay for it. That's totally fair enough. I have no problem with that. Uh, still might disagree with the content, of course, but it's mm. optional. But being mm. forced to pay for something, as I always liken it to, uh, <clears throat> you know, going out to buy a, a copy of the, the Telegraph and being forced to buy a copy of The Guardian at the same time. It's like, it's, you know, if you want to buy a newspaper, you have to always buy a Guardian. That's that's kind of the, the same yeah. principle. It's yeah. just it's just nuts. Um, but do, the, do you remember those things? Are those, um, you know, when we were younger, they used to have these adverts or whatever saying with those pictures of those fans going around as if they could tell if you were watching the BBC. And that yeah. wasn't true, was it? It was all no, made up. No, the, the, van, the, van, the vans is all made up. That's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible People for them scared. to do that. <gasps> yeah, it's, impo- it's impossible for them to do that. You can't, I mean, just from a technical point of view, you, you can't um, determine where somebody is receiving a transmission. It's just not possible. You can determine if somebody's transmitting something, but of course, when you're watching a TV, you're not transmitting; you're simply receiving signals. So, yeah, it's, it's a nonsense. Um, and it was really bad, actually, because it was a lie, and and it yeah. did it did it did make people think that that there were these vans going round, mm. like the Stasi or something, trying to work out who's got a, who's got a TV and 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 who hasn't, um, but. Yeah, I, I I think it's it's an appalling thing the license tax. You want to call it a fee, but it is a tax. And I think the more people who cancel it, the better. And and I just wish I would just wish the government, whichever government is in power, I don't really care. But but whichever government is in power, it'd be great if they actually had the courage to say, right, we're scrapping a license fee and it's re- been replaced with an optional subscription service and the BBC, of course, would have to massively reduce its size, which would be no bad thing. And, mm. and plus the fact, of course, if you go abroad and you look at the BBC website, what do you see? You see a website chock-a-block full of adverts. So all around the world, the BBC advertise to create income. And... It, it, I mean, they are beyond the pale. That organisation, they loathe, loathe them. Anyway, so let, let's move on, shall we? Because we don't want, we don't want to get bogged down in the wretched BBC. No. Right. 
So this episode, we thought we would um, just do a quick quick review of of the year, and um, we've done we've done this previously, and it, we just wanted to touch on a few things which we have mentioned before, but with um, just kind of looking back, really, as, as well as as we as as towards the end, we start to look forward. So the first the first thing, of course, being January is um, Veganuary. So are you are you going for that, Helen? I, yeah, I'm, I'm, going I'm for guessing. It, definitely. I'm guessing you. I'm guessing you are. Um, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've not heard much about that this year. No. Um, I mean, I've not been looking for it, so maybe no, that's why. But it's not. So it's not far, been in the news, as far as I can tell. Not that I've seen. Not that I watch much news. But I, I heard someone talking about dry January, but I've not heard anyone talking about veganuary yet. I'm sure they will, yeah. though. I'm sure it will come. Right. Once, once everyone's done all their. New Year's, New Year's. That's Eve, the thing, isn't it? We got to get, we got to get New Year's out of the way get that first. Out the way first, yes, then everyone will turn course. vegan for for a month. Of course. Um, yeah, I'd quite like to know actually how many people who do it actually get right the way through to the first of February. <laughs> I think it would be <laughs> well, tough. I wouldn't last a day. Maybe, maybe we should do a, maybe we should do like a, a little bit of, of research to see if if there is anybody who's managed yeah. it um, come February. But yeah, I mean it, it's 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 just one of those bonkers things, isn't it? And but it is noticeable when you read, you know, like newspapers or magazines that you get from supermarkets, and where they have an interview with various chefs or or farmers or cooks and things like that. You know, you know that kind of thing. Mm. It's very kind of lifestyle ish magazine. And normally the kind of thing that Waitrose would 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 show. Not not that I shop in Waitrose very often. Um, although actually on Waitrose, do, do you know do you know when I do go in there? Guess what the first thing I notice is. Uh, I don't know. They don't play any music. No music. No, no they music. don't. That's very true. No music and no announcements over the loudspeaker. No. You never get that either. So. So there you go, listeners. You, you might pay fifty pounds more for your shop. No, you don't. That's nonsense. Won't. It's not true. It's not true. <laughs> you, you you don't have music, and I I I would wager every now and again that it's an extra fifty pounds well spent. Um. Anyway, so yeah, but the but the ma- the magazine it, it was a waitress magazine. That's what I'm saying. And they it's interesting when you look for it because there's a lot of things where they talk about obviously food, but there's plants based you see that put in yeah, more and more now and this general like l- like meandering flow towards trying to cancel meat it's quite it's quite interesting when you when you start to piece things together and and you see how how the narrative is woven across so many different areas in our culture so f- simply from you know something that's relatively small scale like a magazine in a supermarket shop that's free often to the media and to, um, I suppose, restaurant chains, things like that. Um, but anyway, Veganuary, it's not a thing, is it, Helen? We're not. You're not going to go for it. No, I, I'm certainly not going to go for it. No, I'm. I'm going to be shouting from the rooftops that meat and dairy is good for you, and going vegan will not save the planet. Uh, not save the planet. Probably make you ill. <laughs> it probably will. Yeah, and and it and it. It will at least make you go weird. But I think um, this is this is the the lie, effectively, that's being being sold. Um, is that doing this is going to 
it's going to, you know, that it's a virtuous thing to do because you will be reducing your carbon footprint, which I'm sure is not true mm. anyway. Uh, yeah. You know, it's doing your bit to save the planet. Um, you know, your and and in the meantime, it's all very healthy for you, which is not true either. Um, this idea that you know, plant based is better for you and is is a virtuous thing. I think it's so so in just just without i don't want to get too bogged down this one but because we've got a lot to talk about but in terms of the the plant the plant-based side of things um it is a suggestion then that in this country we we grow enough food on the in quotes plant-based side to 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 feed the nation because i I highly doubt that no we couldn't we're no we couldn't possibly do that so so it's a nonsense to say it's more in quotes environmentally friendly when you're having to import import a lot yeah Yeah. Yeah. or or radically change the whole nature of our agriculture in this country and yeah destroy destroy the countryside in the process yeah you'd have to put up lots of polytunnels and plastic and yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, it's just ludicrous, isn't it? Um okay, um I think one of the, one of the let's move on. So one one of the reasons um we do this podcast um fits with a, a title for one of our earlier podcasts which was called Time to Wake Up and and it's really about this podcast is about encouraging people who are awake and when we say awake it's 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 a slightly irritating term to be honest but it's it's referring to somebody who who is alert to what's happening in the world is open to um looking at their what their bible says about reading um the 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 time and the age in which they live and applying a biblical worldview to that and ultimately looking forward to that point when jesus returns which we're getting to ever closer to that momentous day and i think if you are awake there is a cost to that because you start to see that the the world around you is not as you were led to believe it is and that doesn't make you weird or anything like that it means that you're actually able to apply critical thinking to um as we say in the the, the introduction to this podcast to, to news and current events and so that, that it is very much to encourage people who are awake but it's also to help others who are perhaps stirring to to fully wake up as well and and if if this podcast can help in any way towards that as far as we're concerned that's that's a big win isn't it helen yeah yeah definitely um and i think initially i certainly found when i was listening to others or reading things that others have written uh who who were also thinking in a similar way i found it really encouraging because because sometimes you can feel like you're the only one yes or, you know you look at what's being said in the news or that you're hearing on the radio and um and you think am i the only one who's not thinking like this mm-hmm. it can feel like that sometimes it can so so that's that's why we that's why we do this and and I mean, obviously, the time between now and the return of Christ is getting shorter and shorter in terms of there is less and less time. That's just a simple inevitability. <laughs> I don't think anybody would ever disagree with that. But um, we do, we do believe that that we are we are in 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 the last days. And yes, I know if you're going to talk to somebody who is a kind of 
pedantically theological about it. They'll say, well, the, the last days has been ever since, you know, Christ descended back to heaven. Yeah, okay, yes, we get that. But but when we're talking about the last days, we're, 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 we're meaning we're approaching the literal point when Jesus might return. That might be in our lifetime. It might not. It wouldn't surprise me if it was in our lifetime, but um, who knows? But we are, we are getting very close to that, I think, aren't we, Helen? Yeah, and I think um, you know we are we are told in scripture um, or given a fairly good indication of the sorts of things that are likely to happen, and yep. you know I think to some extent we're seeing some of that. Um, uh, we're told we we are not going to know when exactly it's going to be, but we're told to be ready for for Jesus coming back, and you know that's we, the bit that I think we, we have are. to focus on. We need to be ready. We do need to be ready, and and Jesus, you know, Jesus Himself gives us um, lots of indicators to watch for. As it, of course, He mentions in Matthew twenty four and twenty five, for example. And if Jesus has told us these are things that are going to happen, and you need to look so that you're not deceived, you're not caught out, then we're being disobedient if we don't keep a lookout for them, because we're basically ignoring. Jesus, and that's not um, a good thing to do if you claim to follow him. So, yes, I mean, this is this is but one of many podcasts, but we really hope that it does encourage um, you who are listening now. And uh, like we always say, please do share it with others who you think it would likewise encourage. 2023 has also been good, hasn't it, Helen? Because we started a few interviews with people and we hope to hope to continue that trend. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes, we had our first interview towards the beginning of the year, which was with Dave Brennan. Yeah, he was great, isn't he? Yeah. He was great. Um, Anything that stands out for you about that one? Um, Well, obviously, he was talking about abortion. We'd talked together, hadn't we, about we wanted to look at this subject because we felt it was very important, um, but wanted to um, ask someone to to come and talk with us who you know who who knew more than we did and um dave brennan certainly does and he has an excellent podcast which i think has been going for about a year um called oh. about abortion yeah and we'll put um, a link to that in the, yeah, the podcast notes really really good it is um, really good and it's it's an issue that's it's just rarely talked about in the church in my experience and and um i think that's a mistake i think we need to be talking about it. We do, we do, and yeah, I, I, I mean, just, just before I go on, go on to that, the 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 about abortion podcast. There was a an, one or two episodes recently. Uh, that, sorry, not one or two episodes recently. It was an episode one or two back, uh, so yeah. a relatively recent episode that is outstandingly good. Um, where I think Dave is talking about the uh, kind of what should the church learn from COVID with the Affinity Network, I think it is. Um, yes. But we'll, we'll link to that and put that in. Yeah. But do check his podcast out about abortion. It's very, very, very good. Um, but yeah, it is It is a tricky subject for churches to talk about. But it's about, really, ultimately, this is about enabling churches to proclaim the gospel faithfully, isn't it? Because a lot of churches struggle with this. I think the, the gospel for many churches has become so narrow now in terms of what they're allowed to talk about or what they think they're allowed to talk about, which results in them only ever talking about God loving you 
Mm. Or like your woke vicar at your, uh, not your woke vicar, Helen, but the but the one that the one, <laughs> the one that you I went visited. to, the one that you yeah. visited, yeah, where she was just spouting nonsense, basically. Um, and that's what happens when when the church loses its ability to talk about subjects which are difficult, um, and if you don't talk about something like abortion you're not going to talk about something like hell. And if you don't talk about something like hell, you're not going to talk about God's judgment. If you don't talk about God's judgment, when you talk about grace, it becomes nonsensical. And th- and this is what happens. It's It's a very subtle thing. And many churches have sadly fallen into this. And, and the gospel becomes something about just being nice and, you know, we're all part of a almost like just just a a group of nice people who are gathering together does that make sense and 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 so this is why even though abortion in and of itself might feel like a very specific subject and in many ways it is it has real implications for how the gospel is proclaimed in a church and that's why it's so well it's important in and of itself but but that's also a key part of it i think yeah and the other thing is that um, going by the statistics, very, very many people have been um, impacted in some way by abortion. Mm, so, yeah, yeah. you know, from a pastoral point of view, um, I think church leaders are neglecting their duty if they're not prepared to address this topic. So however, however hard it might be, there will be many people in congregations who have either gone through an abortion or um, someone in their family will have been have gone through abortion or, um, you know, have been Im- impacted in that way, in some way. And it's, um, yeah, it's 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 not right to ignore it and pretend it's not happening. It's also important to be teaching our young people because um, increasingly, uh, I think, um, you know, girls having abortions, they're getting younger, which is, which is just heartbreaking. And the reality is that thousands of babies are killed in the womb every year yeah. in this country, and yeah. and the the silence is is deafening. And I think at this time of year, I and mean, it's really relevant to the Christmas story as well. I mean, of course, um, we will have heard. Well, I would hope in most churches um, about when um, you know, obviously when uh, Mary was told that she was going to. Um, give birth to Jesus so we mm-hmm. we hear about her pregnancy and then she goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth who is also pregnant with um John the Baptist and we hear about that amazing encounter when John leaps for joy in the yes. presence of his cousin Jesus in the womb yes. so all this going on whilst these two babies are still in the womb and then later on and we're coming into epiphany now and um when we'll you know traditionally you hear about the stories of the wise men visiting and and then of course Herod um when he hears about the birth of of a king which may be threatening to him what does he do he sends instruction to have all these babies murdered Mm. Um, exactly so you know this this it's it's relevant even now at Christmas time it is it is so it is so relevant and well, excuse me and and i think it's also really helpful to remind listeners that that brefos which is 
the organization run by Dave Brennan. It's there to help churches talk about abortion. It's not there to kind of bash churches or church leaders around the head to say, why aren't you talking about abortion? You should you should be talking about it. It's there to actually help them talk about it, to give to to give them training, to give them the tools, um, to encourage them in this. Um, so it's it's very it, yeah, it's basically it's a difficult subject is is put on a plate and and by breathless and said, look, we'll help you talk about this. What we need you as a church to do is just be open to being willing to do that. And so we'd really encourage you to speak to your church leader. Maybe you could make this a New Year's resolution. This would be an achievable this New Year's resolution. Yeah. To speak to your church leader and say, look, we don't abortion is 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 a massive issue in the UK. The church, our church maybe doesn't talk about it. Maybe it's never spoken about it. We should have something about this. Why don't you contact Brefos? They could, they can help. They could even send somebody to speak at your church, speak at the church for you. But let's get this on our radar. So if our listeners actually took it upon themselves to speak to their church leaders about this and encourage the church leaders, this isn't, again, this is not about bashing church leaders around ahead. This is about encouraging them, about spurring them on. That's the whole point. Um, then I think that would be an amazing thing, um, and to to do that, yeah. So, um, yeah, we 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 talked about. I mean, this feels like last year, doesn't it? The revival or survival episode, um, where there was uh, a bit a bit of a, an update on the Church of England uh, same sex blessings, which have now kind of happened. Um, and this is also where we we came across Aaron Edwards. And because this was shortly, that podcast was shortly after when he uh, sent that infamous tweet, which got him fired as a lecturer from Cliff College, uh, former Bible College. And um, he is being taking a stand for uh, faithfulness to, to God's to God's word. And yeah, I mean, what, what struck you about Aaron Edwards, Helen, other than well, he's... Um... I've followed him a bit since then and I've met him actually. He's a, he's a good chap, very good chap. Um, he's, yeah, I think it's um, amazing what he has done and how he's been prepared to take a stand at, at some great cost. I mean, he's lost his job, lost his livelihood, um, you know, and it must be pr pretty tough losing effectively your vocation, you know, if you mm. believe you've been called yeah. to, to do this this type of work lecturing in a bible college and then suddenly that's taken away from you um but i think i think it's clear that that god has been blessing aaron's faithfulness in in taking that stand and not being prepared to compromise um and speaking out for what he believes is the truth um and because he has I think that he's doing well i think he's he, he does. He, he does seem work. to be doing well. Yeah, and and we 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 both listened to um, an episode uh, on Simon Gilbo's podcast, um, which the name is the name of his podcast is just um, left. Is it something like Inspired or something like that? Anyway, yeah, it might be. Inspired. Um, but we'll we'll link we'll link to this episode because it's worth a listen. Where he he basically hears Aaron Edwards' story and his testimony is is wonderful. Isn't really it? I mean, it, it's it's yeah. filled full of faith moments where he he trusts God and where God keeps keeps hold of him and 
it's quite something. So I really encourage you to listen to to that. But one of the standout comments uh, we think is 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 what um Aaron Edwards also puts on his business card which is sh- is it this is right isn't it Helen is is shamelessly biblical have i got that right? right yeah yes and yeah and and i think as christians we sh- this is what we should be we should be shamelessly biblical and Aaron Edwards has given us a a, a good demonstration of what that looks like, and he's not the only Christian who's doing this. There's many others that we've mentioned over the um, over the number of episodes, and which I'm sure many of you will have heard about elsewhere as well. Christians who are taking a stand for what is right, and unfortunately, there is a price to pay for that. But if you're going to be shamelessly biblical and stand for truth, stand for justice, stand for righteousness, then um, God will um, uphold you. But it it's going to be a an exciting ride, I think is is fair to say. Um, any anything else to add on on Aaron Edwards, or shall we? Um, no, I mean you you were telling me about um, it, it was the Methodist College, wasn't it? That he, oh, yes. he was fired yeah, from Cliff College. And, yeah, um, you were telling me about the uh, some <laughs> something that the Methodist Church has been focusing on recently. Well, yes, because they they got they got the Methodist Church. I mean, they they got themselves into the headlines of some Christian media um, because they have basically wanted to tone down the use of words like husband and, and wife and. Doing a little bit of digging into this, I mean, first of all, sadly, that wasn't surprising. I, I would say that would that that's simply, you know, business as usual for the Methodist Church these days. And it's sad to say, it shouldn't be that way, but that is how it is. And they have um, an inclusive language gu- guide, and you can see this on the website. Now, the problem is, of course, if you if if as an organisation you have something called an inclusive language guide, you've all, you've already by n- by simple uh, virtue of doing that, you've nailed your colours to the mast as to what you actually think. But you feel like you have to have a guide which is, in quotes, inclusive in terms of the language you're supposed to use. But anyway, they uh, preface it with with this. They say, as Christians, we need to have the courage for conversations that can sometimes be difficult to recognise. Uh, uh, sorry, that can sometimes be difficult to recognise that we sometimes inc- exclude people, to listen with humility, to repent of any hurtful language and to take care with how we listen and what we say or write in the spirit of Christ. Good, open, encouraging conversations based on careful listening are central to all positive relationships, including those within the church. Using careful and positive language is key to effective ministry and mission. <clears throat> There's nothing in there about um, proclaiming just basic truth, is there, and, and, and orthodoxy and making sure they actually get the right message across to people who are otherwise perishing. Um, it's all about listening to what they have to say. <laughs> and yeah. yes, of course, listening is always part of the conversation. We know that. People aren't stupid. But yes, I mean, it's just nuts, isn't well, it? Yeah. What about using careful and positive language? I mean, I think Jesus was very careful in his language. I yes. don't think he said anything by mistake, but <laughs> but I'm not sure he was always what we might class as positive, positive language. I recall him calling some people a brood of vipers, whitewashed yes. tombs. That was apparently an extremely rude thing to say to them. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and and Jesus wasn't always inclusive, was he? Because he he told no. us that that it's a narrow path, and he says broad is is the the road to destruction, and many go down it, and only a few find uh, the path to life, which is always yeah. a sobering thing. So that uh, that that's that seems exclusive to me, or very so exclusive. And he said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no yeah. other way to that's, the Father except through him. That's exclusive. That's not very inclusive. No, no. Well, anyway, I'll just mention a bit more about this because it's it is worth just highlighting some things. The, the report goes on to say, in all areas, it is important to listen to how people identify themselves and be guided by that. Be open to correction. You may use words you consider to be inclusive, but find that someone corrects you. Be open to listening to the reasons they give you for not using the word or phrase you have used and understand what their thoughts, that their thoughts are as valid as your own. Everyone's truth is the truth, isn't it, Helen? We will all make mistakes, but it's much more important that we try to take on board people's preferences and risk being corrected than not try at all. But, I mean, the Methodist church is in decline, isn't it? I think. Oh, yes. And this is why. This is why. And it's so sad. It's so unbelievably sad, given their sound, solid gospel heritage that they've allowed um, the enemy to infiltrate to such an extent that this is now what they come up with. Um, one of the things that struck me and and uh, is, is that I think... And, and I'd be interested what you think about this, Helen, because you're a woman. But this, it seems to me, this is what happens when we allow feminism into the church. It erodes godly masculinity. Because when I read these, these statements about inclusivity, the language and the tone is very feminine. And there's nothing wrong with being feminine. Of course there isn't. Just as there's nothing wrong with being masculine, but each one will have a different, uh, a different set of circumstances where it's going to be best applied. And I think, yeah, I mean, what do you think about that? Mm. I yeah, I think I think you have a point there, and um, you know, we're, we're God has created us male and female for good reasons, and and you know the differences between male and female those are complementary things and so for for some for some things that more feminine approach is more appropriate and for others less so um i mean for example if you're talking about um you know someone who's encountered who's been uh, terribly abused or something then sometimes often then a more feminine approach is more appropriate yeah. isn't it so yeah, when you get yeah. police officers who will be helping in a rape crisis situation then that's that you would want that to be a woman because that is appropriate so but but this this is the the danger i think you're absolutely right that when when you get that more it's it's like it sounds like treading on eggshells doesn't it it's like oh you know you might offend someone or you've got to be mm -hmm. so careful what you say mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. softly mm -hmm. softly gently gently um but I think, you know, we have to remember that the words of Jesus were spoken by a man. Jesus was a man. And yeah. um, I think we've spoken about this before, that that too often now there's a lot of emphasis on 
the gentle side of Jesus' nature, which of course he had. As but 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 I think much of what we see is is the masculinity of the gospel message. Yes, and that's what we're lacking in the Western Church very often. I think it is. Yeah, no, that's that's very helpful. I, I think it is noticeable in in church generally on a Sunday. Um, not all churches. I mean, there's churches that I've I've you know been very much a part of where I think about some things where certain people get up the front and it's like, oh, I'm not sure that's the best approach that could be taken. But when I step back and think about it and then read something like this, what what starts to crystallise in my my thinking is is that actually it, this is what's happened in the church generally. The ch- kind of feminism has been allowed to infiltrate the church and what that does is it has a tendency to erode masculinity so if a woman says something i would expect her want her to be feminine and that's great and that's good but when a man says something i want him to be masculine but what's happened Mm. is many men not all of them but many have adopted feminine traits when speaking from the front of church and it's it it's it's not always easy to spot um and it can it, i i think also it can manifest it itself in a lack of authority because authority tends is not solely masculine but it does it does very much form part of a masculine trait i think um, but yeah, it's an interesting one and it's, it's one where we could kind of get bogged down forever, but it's, it's definitely, yeah, just worth, worth kind of clocking. And, and again, for, for you listening to this, you know, ha- clock it in your church and again, just try and encourage people encourage, encourage women to be women, but encourage men to be men. I, I, I'm, every time I hear somebody talk about toxic masculinity, it really rankles. Because I never hear somebody talk about toxic femininity. No, exactly. Um, and so that tells you what you need to know about that particular <laughs> that particular phrase. Um, but yeah, I think we need we need to be a bit more on the ball with this as Christians. But anyway, so the point with the Methodists, they come to about talking about husband and wife, so talking about being feminine, being masculine. They say this, they say there is an infinite variety in the way that God's creation is expressed in human life. Like really? Uh, this is worth bearing in mind as we speak and write. Terminology such as husband and wife may sound inoffensive, but it makes assumptions about a family or personal life that is not the reality for many people. The words parent, partner and child are a good place to start. Carer is also a neutral yet understandable way to refer to the primary care of a child who may or may not be their parent. So you just end up with this this nonsensical word soup where we're just reduced to taking something which has been ordained by God, which is marriage, and reducing that down to carer or partner. And and interestingly, the word partner, that that's infiltrated our language over a number of years now, hasn't it? It really yeah. irritates me when I hear people talk about my partner. I'm like, what you mean you do you mean I feel like saying business what are you talking partner? about? You're talking about your business partner? Yeah. Are you a cowboy? 
I mean, yeah. what? And just and and again, I think this comes back to maybe another New Year's resolution could be: let's think about the language we use every day, the language we allow in, and just let's pay a bit of attention to words or phrases we might have allowed into our everyday language that shouldn't be there. And if we spot them to do something about it, because the words we use are really, really important. Um, yeah. And why should why should the non-married be offended by someone using the words husband or wife? Well, what, yeah. why should yeah. they be offended? And I was thinking in a similar way, if I say I was looking after um, uh, a niece or a nephew because say their parents died and I took them on so I wasn't technically their parent well if the school wrote to everyone and said dear parents why would I be offended oh because I'm not technically a parent or I'm caring for this child so they should write carers because that's excluding me isn't it because I'm not actually the parent why mm. would I think like that why would I feel the need to think like that why should everything include everyone Yes. Just because you may not be a part of the majority, wh why should why should we automatically be offended if we're not included in the language? It's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy because then where do you stop? And you just then become paranoid. The danger is you'll become paranoid about your language and um, you, you do and not and focus you, on the things yeah. that are actually important. You see, you see this so much now, and especially in the workplace. You see, you see, you see people being, you know, very paranoid about about their language, and say, and and, and that will manifest itself in in things like somebody will say, "Oh, I, I mustn't say that." Yeah. People self censor. Yeah. And this is really, really bad. Look, there's there's a, some some things should go without saying because they are so obvious, but we'll say it anyway, just just in case. I don't know, I'll say it anyway, but basically this is not saying that you can just basically say whatever you want to somebody with a view to upsetting them and literally causing them offence. Yeah, it's not saying not that. There's a world of a difference between the two, the two things, what yeah. we're talking about here. But that, that, that's, that should be, you know, really stating the obvious there and, should, and does and should go without saying, but it's just worth highlighting that, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, with the Methodist Church, I mean, change has been underway with them for a long time. They they've had a they're another relatively recent report um, was called "Working Towards a Fully Inclusive Methodist Church," and it had a strapline of a summary of the uh, sorry had a strapline of summary of the strategy for justice, dignity, and solidarity. Every time I see the word solidarity in something, I, I, it kind of comes with communist sort of communist covidian over overtones you know what i mean mm, it's like yeah. this slightly irksome word but well, yeah when, this, when i saw gone. just when i saw that title i was thinking so what are we talking about here um what would be great so a strategy for justice for for who for the wrongly accused um yeah. dignity for the unborn that would yeah. be good um solidarity with the persecuted is is that what this is about well that would be great that that would be great, wouldn't? You're absolutely right. It's a very good point, and that that would be great, and that's that's what should have happened. And wouldn't that wouldn't that be a good thing? Wouldn't that yeah. be a good thing? That that would be gospel focused. That would be uh, shamelessly biblical. 
Um, it would be encouraging people to go deeper in their faith. It'd be amazing. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't mean that because it, it includes uh, recommendations such as, and I'll just read these very briefly. It says, an encouragement for the church to celebrate diversity. Uh, a discrimination and abuse response service, DARS, so that people can disclose situations of discrimination, harm or exclusion and be supported. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? A personal responsibility commitment so that people can commit to learning and changing their behaviour to be more inclusive. Be reprogrammed, of course. A, pi a pilot truth and reconciliation process to allow stories of discrimination and exclusion to be told and heard so that reconciliation can... can uh, can change and begin uh, mandatory equality diversity and inclusion training within methodist leadership the adoption of positive action steps from the equality and human rights commission for all appointments within the methodist church and each circuit that's methodist circuit and district will appoint an edi which is equality diversity and inclusion officer to support the implementation of this strategy and again, we've got this word solidarity, the appointment of a new justice, dignity and solidarity committee to have ongoing oversight with the implementation of the strategy. It's easy to forget that we're, what we're talking about here is something that was part of the body of Christ, a church. It's it's astonishing isn't it to, to hear yeah, this yeah. stuff and to think what is going on here and how much what of their resources on? are they are they spending on this i wonder um because from observing from the outside the methodist circuits have been getting increasingly large because there's fewer and fewer clergy because there's not yeah. enough money and resources um yeah what, what are their priorities evangelism prayer Worship, teaching the word, discipleship, no. It, Diversity it would, and inclusion. I know, I know. It would almost be better if they just ditched the Christianity side of it and just became like a sort of, I don't know, a, a charity that, that that helps people. And then they can they can do, do physically good things for people but have no spiritual input. It would be better to do that than have spiritual input and make people's situation worse than it was in the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's bad, isn't it? It's really bad. And and then and then they finished by saying saying this. This is a cracker. This is. They say not none of these things. It's just the things I've just read out. Will be possible unless we all, as Methodists, pray about our own prejudices and commit to this strategy in order for things to change for the better. I was thinking about that word prejudice because I was thinking it's it's used mainly in the negative context, but but there's positives about prejudice. So so for example, I would show prejudice in favour of my boys or my wife, um, and and you know a person who is prejudiced in in, in favour of somebody has an un, has a has a preference for them, and it's like well yes I would I would do that because that's right and good. Um, and in fact, the Bible tells us in Galatians 6 verse 10, it says, Therefore, as, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So, yeah, we we have to put the body of Christ first. And I think the Methodist Church would, would do well to, to do that, although I'm, I think it's gone beyond that for them. 
from a well from my I don't know I mean nothing's impossible with God is it but yeah what do you think Alan? Mm. <laughs> well I was thinking I, I think God's a bit prejudiced as well <laughs> what's the first commandment have no other gods before me yes yes um yes exactly yeah, exactly it's, it's very sad it is it is it is very sad um so yeah i think good good important reminder here is is that we should be concerned with the example of teaching of jesus first and foremost and obedience to him than with the latest diversity and inclusion training um and yeah it's it's it, that that's what we need to repent of isn't it where we've we've erred off the path and it's happening all over the place you know diversity equity inclusion is all over the place now it's just it's just a buzzword people just like it um but i think there are other you know there are other denominations who are in danger of going the same way the methodists have gone there's certainly other de- other major denominations who have a sound evangelical i, I don't even not sure i even like using the word evangelical because that feels watered down now but um historical evangelical churches that are on the same train line as the Methodist church, but they're much further back down the track, sadly. Well, it's, a, it's another example, isn't it, of um, just going along with the world and copying what the world does. So the world has this, you know, the current obsession is this diversity inclusion um, thing. And so the church is just just following the world, which is, is never, it, never it a good is. thing to do. No, it's not, and then and then and then then the same churches will often say, "Oh, we 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 need to be we need to be in quotes radical, or we need to be, um, you know, brave or whatever." And it's like, well, you're not doing that so far. You're just making yeah. sure that you fit in with the world, which is why you just talk about these things and you have your climate change service, for example. Um, but look, this segues nicely into another interview we did with Jamie Franklin, one of one of your vicars, which one of my um, vicars, which yeah. did. I've said this before, but it did confuse me for a very long time because I was thinking, I'm sure Helen doesn't go to an Anglican church and yet she's talking about her vicars. It took me a long time to understand what you're actually meaning there. But yeah, tell us about Jamie Franklin. Yeah, so we had um, Jamie Franklin on um, the podcast and we were talking about, um, well, it was a really nice chat actually about um, church and family and um, we covered lots of things. But think one of the the one of the big things that came out of that we we talked a bit about the challenges of being in the church of england um Mm. and and being an orthodox christian and um you know how how difficult that can be and increasingly so i think for um vicars who who are committed to orthodox christian faith um, and and Jamie was saying that he's determined to stay and contend for the faith. And and I think I, I suppose my reaction to that is is you know on the one hand is good for you. So so you should. Why should you have to leave? Why you know when when this in Aaron Edwards' words you know when he was talking about homosexuality, but many things that feel like they're invading the church. And why should you as a conservative orthodox christian why should you go when you're holding to the teachings of the church that have that have been consistently held for hundreds of years you know if you want a new woke church go and set one up that's fine 
but why why should why should we have to change no mm. we'll stay here you go and set up your new thing so you know on the one hand i'm i'm with him on that but on the other hand there comes a point which i've heard jamie uh talk about recently where where you know i think that they are acknowledging that there there may come a point where that becomes untenable and you know and, and there may come a point where it will be time for him to go but um and others have reached that point already that you know others have do you, i mean because i i've i've struggled with this this particular one and, and and i think if i'm honest i would probably come down more on the side of it's a sinking ship we need to leave um and when we when we spoke to jamie he was very much like you say he was he was very much coming along of well i want to, i want to stay i'm here for my parishioners mm. um want to you know that 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 idea of of affecting change from within which which like you say helen i think there is there is there's lots of good and, and noble reasons to do that but then my struggle would be well that hasn't worked though has it because if if we look at the trajectory of the the Church of England as a whole, those who have remained in the church, who are sound vicars or curates, uh, who do, you know, who are shamelessly biblical, um, they've not altered the overall trajectory as a whole of the Church mm -hmm. of England. So it's difficult, it, yeah, like you say, I suppose it becomes harder to say, well, actually, yeah, what do do we stay? Because is there, is there an argument that says, well, if if let's say they leave, so let's say we've got the, you know, the, the St. Helens Bishopgate, Bishopsgate and St. Ebbs in Oxford and St. Aldate's and uh, churches like Jamie's and, and, and other churches who are part of the Church of England at the moment, if they all said, right, we're not, we're not going to be associated with, with um, the Church of England any longer because the, the leadership is corrupt you are um, making anti-God uh, rules and we can no longer sit under this. And if they then said, right, we're going to go, we're going to depart from this, is there an argument that says, actually, that would be a quite a strong witness? Because Jesus, Jesus says, doesn't he? He says, when he sends his disciples out, he says, um, you know, when you go into a town and they receive you, <clears throat> you know, they welcome you, then you can... Um, you know, stay there for a while and preach the gospel there. But if they don't welcome you, then you shake the dust off your feet as a sign to them. So it's also there's a witness both ways. I'm not saying that this should be the way. By the way, I'm just <laughs> I'm trying to articulate my thoughts on it. But yeah, I can I can, there's a, I, I can understand this attention here. And I can appreciate Jamie's, well, from a distance at least, I can appreciate his predicament. But he's yeah, a good guy. I, well, and it's, I suppose, part of it is where do they go? Well, can they um, stay? Because the building, the physical building belongs to the Church of England, doesn't it? Yeah. But I mean, the Church of England, if they don't stay, will either have to fill it with somebody. 
inevitably that could be an HDB plant. Um, <laughs> you know, which could be a good or a bad thing, I suppose. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know what the answer to that is. No, I, don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's um, yeah, but it's it's clearly becoming increasingly challenging, isn't it? For it, it is, it is, and, and like Jamie. And again, like if you're listening to this and you're part of a C of E church and you have a good vicar or you have a good curate, encourage them. Just just make it your mission to encourage them. Make it your mission to 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 you know impart some boldness to them to stand for truth, to not be swayed by the pressures of the world or even their own Anglican communion. Uh, it shouldn't be this way. Of course, it shouldn't. But this is. This is how it is at the moment. Um, never, ever underestimate the the difference you can make with encouraging and uh, building building somebody up. But yeah, no, we'll link we'll link to the Reverend Pod. It's a good podcast. It's worth yeah, it's it worth, really worth listening to. Jamie's great. Um, yeah, do do it. Do have a listen. Um, other things we <clears throat> rumbling on, of course, is the mRNA safety. Uh, issues with the with the covid jabs and andrew bridgen has been relentless hasn't he in terms of his kind of pursuit for truth and yeah this is okay this this is an interesting segue right this is okay so he was expelled there's a similarity here between what we've just been talking about with the church of england and andrew bridgen he was a conservative tory party member wasn't he and he was expelled from the party which was ridiculous anyway but it's, what it's actually done is it's freed him up to just say it as it is yeah well similarly with aaron edwards what we were talking about earlier. yes same, yes same sort of thing <clears throat> yes it has freed him um up and he's <laughs> he's like what's that expression with a dog with a bone uh is that right? He's just determined. It's like a terrier. Terrier, um, yes. So we talked recently about um, the parliamentary, uh, what's the word, meeting, I suppose, that he that he put together at the beginning of December. He's now secured a parliamentary debate on the 16th of January on the subject of excess deaths so okay that will be interesting to see whether there's a better turnout for that one than there was from the last time he tried i jolly well i jolly well hope so because these excess deaths keep on well they're not rumbling on i mean they're they're it's it's shocking absolutely shocking and no one wants to talk about it no they don't they don't and and I mean, this is this is nothing more than anecdotal. But I was, I was saying to my wife yesterday, it's uh, it's very noticeable now. There seem to be much more ambulances around now than there used to be. Every time I go out in the car and I often have to drive a fair distance, I will see at least two ambulances on in a given journey. And I don't remember it being like that in the past at all. Now that's anecdotal. It might just be nothing, but yeah, you, you do. You think this isn't this isn't normal? It's not well, a normal situation we're in. Given the statistics on the numbers of um, sudden heart <clears throat> attacks, um, serious heart problems, that's just just one thing. But you know those have significantly increased, particularly in 
the age groups that you wouldn't normally expect. Yeah, yeah, they have, they have, uh, and yet many, sadly, still still refuse to 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 wake up to the the reality and the truth that these jabs are bad news. Um, but yeah, so yeah, do I mean do you pray for Andrew Bridgen? Um, do do you pray that maybe he gets that um, he gets the openings he needs and above all pray that he turns to christ i don't know if he is yeah. is he a christian or not i don't think hey, he's a christian i'm not sure he? where he's i'm know. not sure but i um he's <clears> certainly <throat> very sympathetic to christianity and i know that there are quite a number of christians who are around him that you know have um, that are supporting him and that he relies on full support. So that's that's all a good thing. Okay. Okay. And and I think as well, it just it just shows, doesn't it, that that because his energy is not being put into kind of trying to balance his membership of the Conservative Party and and get the truth out, he can put all his energy now into just getting the truth out. And um I think that's something that we can apply across the board. Um, it's always worth bearing that in mind. Another really um, standout interview was with Nick Franks. Um, so Nick Nick Franks, how would you describe Nick Franks, Helen? Um, well, I think I would describe him as a prophetic voice. Mm. I think yeah. he has a prophetic voice. He does. He definitely does. He does. Um He's authored a couple of books um, that I'm aware of, at least. One called Body Zero and the other one called The Glorious Few. Um, I've finished reading The Glorious Few now and it's excellent. Strongly urge you to get yourself a copy. And again, we'll put links into the podcast notes to make it as easy as possible. But do grab yourself a copy of the copy of the book. It is really, really good. And it has a very key message uh, and you know on the subject of christian books we we have loads of christian books and and sometimes i think we've got too many we, we've got people putting books out that frankly we don't need yeah um we really have mm-hmm. uh, but there's one every now and again you'll come across a book and you think this is actually important and this book the glorious view by nick franks is one of those so um, yeah, do do leave it out. We leave it on our coffee table in our house, so that when people come round, it's easy to point out to them, which well, is always quite it's quite an interesting yeah. interesting one. Uh, but yeah, very clear call to actions, not to tolerate compromise, the need for for repentance. Um, I, I think one of the things that really struck me when when we chatted with him was how the church needed to learn lessons from lockdown insofar as nick believes and i think and i think he's right and i hadn't considered this until we spoke with him that it was god who closed the churches because until that point i was like right you know i was i was very much along the same very much along the same lines as like um Jamie Franklin, you know, in terms of, right, we can't let this happen again. We've got to be fighting for our right to stay open. We've got to be fighting for the right to meet, which is all good. But that's missing the much more profound and deeper point that Nick was making, which God allowed the churches to close. God, no, he didn't allow, he closed them. And I think he'd say it's a judgment, didn't he? 
to say yeah. we got to wait the, to wake the church up to its to to where it's how badly off course it's gone. Mm. And I think he's spot on. And this is so. This is possibly one of the most important messages for Christians in the United Kingdom to get right now. Mm. I think, and most churches have carried on as if it's business as usual. Yeah. They just pulled up the murder scene tape from the pews, didn't they? And, yes. And yes. took the masks off. <laughs> yes. And pretended it never happened. Yes. Which I think is, is dangerous and I think it's cowardly. Yeah. And and it is missing it's missing what God was trying to tell us, you know, what is it? C.S. Lewis, you know, it's like God whispers in our, I can't remember, can't remember the quote now, but he whispers in our pleasures or something and, and then, you know, talks in our whatever else. And But then then it's like pain is God's megaphone. Mm-hmm. And with, um, with lockdown, that was a point of pain for the church and God's megaphone to church, wake up, mm-hmm. stop compromising, repent. Turn around, and the travesty of it is that the majority of the UK church has ignored it. Yeah. And interestingly, the podcast we mentioned earlier, Dave Brennan about abortion, the one that he, like the the second to last episode, I think it is, where he talks about the um, COVID in quotes, you know, lessons we can learn from lockdown with the Affinity Network. Dave makes the same point that Nick Franks does that that yes, it was God who closed the church. And and I don't and I think that the affinity I'll have to we'll have to look at it, but I don't think the affinity guys clocked that. No. Which was predictable, mm. sadly. Um but we've got to we've gotta get this. We've gotta get because it everything's at stake here. Um but yeah, I mean Nick Franks, wow, I mean what a guy. He him and his wife Mary, they 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 live out what they talk about in their book. Um, he doesn't pull any punches. He says it as it is, but that's what we need. We're, we've we've gone, I think we've gone beyond the stage of being nice. We're so concerned about Methodism as an approach to how we act with each other as Christians that all we're concerned about is like how, how we say things to each other, the tone we use. And yes, those things are part of it, but they're not the main thing. The main thing is the truth. And I think we've reached the point now where it's almost like we've not got time to be nice. It's that desperate. Well, and also uh, I think I yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But I think um sometimes or often the truth is not easy to hear. No, and I it's think not. prophetic voices, if you look back through the Bible, um the prophetic voices are often or almost always very challenging. Um, they often come from a difficult place and they are almost always difficult to hear. Or the yes. people that the message is directed to, it is difficult to hear, difficult to listen to, but very important, critical to listen. It, it, it is. And, and, we, and we need to encourage one another to listen. And to be okay with listening, and and when I think about why why it is that often, and again, it just feels like the majority of Christians are 
in quotes, asleep to what's happening in the world. I think a part of that is because when you're presented with um, a view of the world which kind of rocks everything you've known, you're then facing a choice. Because once you have that knowledge, you, you can't just let it sit you can't just say, oh, that's interesting. You're then faced with the choice. And the choice is, if I if I I I need to do something about this now that I understand this, but if I do do something about this, it's going to cost me because it's going to cost my current worldview, which actually turns out to be a lie in many places. And and I don't know whether I'm prepared to take that cost, to pay that price. And, and I understand that, and that because that's hard. It's really hard. But I think this is, yeah, this is what we've. This is the mission, isn't it? Is to kind of try and encourage people. Say, look, there is a cost involved. The cost is your worldview, which you'll find is built on sand. And we need to say our worldview needs to be built on Christ, built on the rock. And there is a cost with that, but it's okay because the end, the end point is good. Um, but yeah, I think that's partly why people don't don't want to hear this stuff. But yeah, Nick Frank's great, great guy. Do pray for him and his wife, Mary, Mary. Um, so Nick and Mary Franks, and do do grab a copy of his book. And if you do read it, let us know how you get on because we, yeah, we've got to do a book good. review of that, haven't we? As well, that's yeah, one of our thing, many that. things to do. Yeah. Um, another another thing that we've touched on over the year, uh, over the years, <laughs> over the last year, uh, was the rise of uh, gender ideology, so trans ideology, um, LGBT ideology, and and particularly how this has snowballed in in school. And I just wanted to mention something that um, my son told me. He's at secondary school, um, and this was just before the they broke up for Christmas. And apparently, somebody in his class commented on on Rishi Sunak, the prime minister. In case you don't know, who effectively said there are only two genders because Rishi Sunak has said a man is a man and a woman is a woman. And this this person in the class had commented on on that. And then my son said, "Oh, that he just said, oh, that's so true." Kind of chimed in with that. And then the teacher said, "He said, no, it's not true." The science has proved it. And you can stay behind at the end to chat about this if you want to. It was quite, it was a bit like threatening, ominous. It was like, mm. what? That's a lie for a start. <laughs> I know, it's it? total science lie. Has proved, has proved it. Oh, right, has it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I think she's looking at like You're clearly pig, not a scientist, pig science then. then. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what. But it, I'm mentioning this not to not to kind of have a pop at this particular teacher, obviously you don't know who it, who it is or even the school, but I mention it just to illustrate, this is but a snapshot of what happens in schools across the country on a daily basis. And this is what we are up against as Christians. And if you are a parent with children at secondary school or you're a grandparent and your grandchildren are at secondary school, this is what they will face. And it's subtle and it's relentless and it's a very, very real battleground that our young people are in if they want to follow after Jesus. And it, 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 
we said it before, but it's like it's like something. It's like being our dystopian novel, isn't it, Helen? The yeah. kind of this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like it's Absolutely. like being sent for reprogramming. Yeah. And just, I mean, just a, a side on that, on the science. Um, I was listening to a fascinating thing the other day on um, not just, you know, because I'm trained as a biologist, so I find these kinds of nerdy things fascinating, but but not that just, you know, virtually every cell in your body is wired genetically to be male or female. That is the reality. But not just that, we're increasingly finding that... Um, the way your body works in so many ways is different depending on whether you're male or female. So yeah. the way that the cells in your body respond, the way with hormones, with um, illness, the way our body heals, the way our body deals with nutrition, the way the immune system works, all these things we are finding work differently according to whether you are male or female. That cannot be changed. That is how your body is designed. It's how your body works. And if you won't accept that, things are not going to go well for you. You need to actually understand that. And we're, we're finding more and more that medically and scientifically, our understanding of that is it's absolutely mind-blowing. Mm, yeah. And it's wow. going to become increasingly important to recognise the reality of whether you are biologically male or biologically female. Yes, yes, it is. It it's so crucial, isn't it? And 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 it comes down to like truth. I mean, you you were you were saying to me yesterday that you're applying for a passport, and when you apply for a passport, when they ask you what your sex is, are there fifty choices? No. How many There's choices two. are there? Male. Is it, is it prefer female. not to say? No. It's male and no. female. Well, yeah. that you see when it when it really counts, truth matters. And and this is the grand hypocrisy and the grand hoodwinking of it all. The government that facilitates this is the same government that says ultimately when you're when you're when we really want to know, there's only two options: male or female. Um. And now some people are saying, oh, you're confusing gender with like sex. Like, oh dear, no, this is, this is, no, this is just stating, stating facts here. And I think that, um, yeah, we just need to be pursuing truth and standing for truth and fighting against the erosion of truth. And one of those key battlegrounds is is in a school um i mean the teaching regulation agency it's again slightly orwellian sounding um uh, thing isn't it uh they're always rearing their their head it would seem and but they have ruled that a teacher was guilty of unacceptable professional conduct for expressing and debating the church of england's own teaching and biblical position on human sexuality in the church of england school so this particular teacher, um, Gladys Ledger, I'm assuming I pronounce her name. I always get the tricky names, Helen. Is it um, Gladys? Yeah, you would that say that does look tricky. I'm not sure. Okay. Well, it's spelled. It's go, spelled go with Gladys. We'll go with Gladys. Okay. Yeah. So Gladys, if you do listen to this, which I doubt you will, but and I get it wrong, and I do apologise. She had 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 been a specialist modern foreign languages teacher for 12 years before she was sacked by Bishop. 
Justice C of E School in Bromley, Kent in May 2020 for refusing to promote extreme LGBTQI plus ideology. Miss Ledger, who is being supported by the Christian Legal Centre, said she was treated like a criminal for refusing to teach the lessons which had been incorporated into the religious education, that's RE lessons, to, to year seven pupils at the school. Teaching, teaching materials included introducing children to gender identities such as pansexual, asexual, intersex and transgender, plus Stonewall-inspired films and Animal Farm-esque slogans such as equality is a strength, diversity is our power, and inclusion is a necessity. So there you go. If you, have, if you, want, if you want a good uh, reason why diversity, equity and inclusion is bad you have it there okay and it's uh, that wretched DEI is all over the place and it's a sham it's a lie anyway she goes on to say concerned that pupils were being taught only one narrative and that parents were being kept in the dark Miss Ledger expressed to students during a discussion on LGBTQI issues in February 2022 that she did not believe in transgender ideology that Christians believe sex outside marriage is sin and that as a Christian, you need to live your life for God. And she has um, found herself in a unacceptable professional conduct ruling by the TRA, the Teaching Regulation Authority. So there we go. This is another uh, amazing Christian lady who is standing for truth and sadly paying a price for standing for truth and just highlights again the the onslaught that's happening within our schools and this will be across the country and it's done in schools specifically because if you get the young person you put them on a path for the rest of their life unless somebody takes them off it and of course God unless God intervenes um it's really quite appalling, isn't it, Helen? Yeah, it it is appalling. Um, I mean, it's interesting when the, the problems seem to occur when when they were having a discussion on on these issues, and you know, immediately I was thinking, well, that's a good thing to have discussion is a good thing, and it's an important lesson for young people to learn how to have healthy discussion, and that people have their own views which may be different to yours and rightly so and learning how to disagree well so that was all a good thing and yet of course she ended up losing her her job for that and the other thing is we've talked about this issue of PHSE lessons I mean why should any teacher be expected to teach this she's a modern languages teacher mm, why should she yeah, be expected yeah. to be um peddling this kind of stuff and even if there is an argument for having some form of PHSE in school if there is shouldn't it be a, a, a distinct subject you know might want to call it propaganda class um, <laughs> but you know which should be transparent to parents and not being expected to be delivered by every teacher in the school exactly or, or just not 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 try and indoctrinate children in the first place just teach teach them basic maths, English, science, get them to run around outside, burn some energy off, ensure they don't get values, into too many fights, be kind go to home, each job other. Done. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be good. 
<laughs> it would it would be good. But but school but schools are the indoctrination centers of our culture. That's that's why this stuff is in there. Um, and yet, ironically, exactly the thing that they do need to be learning, for example, that sex belongs in marriage um, and that that's a good and healthy way to live because that's what God, how, how God tells us to live. You know, if you try and say that in a school, you get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it becomes like shooting fish in a barrel at the end of the day because it's like saying, okay, well, you, d you don't like that. Well, well, let's let's compare outcomes, shall we? Let's let's look at outcomes of 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 marriages where that is a value compared to the rest of society where that isn't. And you sh you show me which has worked out better. Mm. I mean, it, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's like having a conversation with a village idiot. Sometimes it's like it's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, right. Uh, let's move on because I'm aware of time. I mean, we touched on also this year, we've seen, we won't spend ages on this one, I don't think, but the rise of um, to ever moving closer to one world government. Uh, we've had universal basic income trial, the um, uh, the World Health Organization global um, pandemic treaties. We've got the ever ongoing spectre of climate change Um and we've, of course, we've got Christians getting in on the action as well. I mean, I say Christians; I don't, I'm not sure they are Christians, um, but they certainly identify as Christians. Um, so, we've got uh, one organisation called Christian Climate Action, um, who who say they are inspired by Jesus Christ and guided by the Holy Spirit. Following the example of social justice movements of the past, we carry out acts of public witness, nonviolent protests, and civil disobedience to urge those in power to make changes needed. So there's lots of contradictions in there as well, isn't there, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is it's kind of an onslaught from various different ways, but all leading to that same endpoint destination, which is ultimately some kind of one world central kind of government and leading, of course, to the return of Christ. And this is what the Bible tells us. This is what the Bible points us to. And like we say, whether this happens in our lifetime or not, we don't know. But but the rate of things moving at the moment, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of this does happen in our lifetime, but we'll just have to wait and see. Anything to add on that one, Helen? Well, I think just, um, you know, to expect the pace of this to increase, don't be mm. surprised, um, be informed. I think I think that's what we, we the message we want to get across, really. Um, and... You know, like you say, we've been warned in Scripture of what is to come. Yeah, and don't be fearful either. I think no. it's very it's very easy to, for these things to instil fear uh, because it it is moving away from what we know to something that is not known, and that that is unsettling. And it's okay to acknowledge that, and it's okay to admit that. And and certainly, this isn't about being fearful. Um, but in you see, as as collectively more people wake up, then more people can support and encourage and spur one another on, and so the chances of fear taking a root are lessened, are reduced. That's why it's important to to recognise these things. That's why it's important to to flag them up. Um, but yeah, we mustn't be fearful. We mustn't be fearful. Jesus is still King, despite uh, the chaos that we might see around us. Um, and one person who does a good good spurring on has been Luke Avery, somebody you came across um, 
a long time before me, I think, Helen. But it was a good that was a good chat with Luke, wasn't it? I think that was our yeah. was that our longest podcast as well. I can't think one of them may anyway. Well have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was a good chat. And um I think we called that one a dissident perspective, didn't we? Yes, we did. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think um talking about, you know, woke and progressive influences that obviously we see us around us in culture, but increasingly we're seeing in the church as well. And um, and I think what impressed me about Luke and his YouTube channel, Lambda Bible Studies, is um, that, well, firstly, that he's he's getting really quite a significant following. So there's a real interest in what he's doing. And what he's doing is essentially um, providing an orthodox Christian um, approach to um, to things going on in the world and and pretty much you know sometimes he'll talk about topics but very often it's simply a bible study um and people want to hear that yes and and, and 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 they are, are they seem certainly the ones i've listened to at least have seen shamelessly biblical bible yeah, studies absolutely <laughs> and yeah. you know and so and you get like a it, it's um it's it's a good yeah it's good good sound solid biblical input in term uh, i was gonna I'll, I'll, I'll say this i'll probably get in trouble for good good masculine input now uh, don't get me wrong here because you've been on this helen so i'm not I'm, when i'm using the word masculine i'm not referring so much as to male and female but more the kind of the notion of being um masculine in terms of right we're going to say this as it is we're going to call this out for what it is we're going to speak god's word as it is which you know a woman could do as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. But 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 yeah, it was. It, it, does that? Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's not yeah, trying definitely. to dress it up and pussyfoot around it. It's like no, saying no, absolutely. This is, this is God's word. This is and, what it says. It's like go for it. And, it's and I think well Luke to would, listen. I, yeah, and I think Luke would say, you know, he he is shamele- shamelessly biblical and shamelessly masculine, and and you know, we talked about that on the podcast that actually many of his listeners are male um and many of the contributors are male and that's not that's not a bad thing no but not all of them because like i say you 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 you're on there as well weren't you so which is really good although then i (laughs) then afterwards i was a little bit oh and and then i chose to talk about mary and that's all a bit female and all a bit you know and oh yeah but anyway that's what that's what i did but (laughs) But (laughs) maybe a little change for them it was. It's really good, and we'll link to it. And we do do encourage you if you want. If you want, like, if you want some meat to tuck into, not plant based, nonsensical, <laughs> biological nonsense soup, but meat, solid, godly meat to sink your teeth into, your spiritual teeth into, and get well fed. This is a good place to go, yeah. and we'll link to that and encourage you to to. Um, yeah encourage you to listen and also again just we say this a lot but it's really is a key thing share this stuff with other people you can't force we you know nobody's saying you force people to listen to any of it but but just share it encourage them and sometimes you have to remind people say oh have you listened to that thing i sent i sent you the other the other day or the other week no oh well you know it would be a really good thing for you to do do, do have a listen you know put it on in the car or when you go and walk the dog or something you know and if you don't have a dog borrow a dog and you'd go go, go and do something where you just can listen to something uninterrupted and uh, get fed and yeah. 
I think I think it's a really good thing to do to share these things. And I was really encouraged the other way around the other day where my niece, who is 17, and she sent me a podcast that she'd listened to. And I listened to it and I was like, wow, that is amazing. And I had to listen to it several times because it was so good. The message was so clear. And it was about how we must, in in following Jesus, um, you know, he must be our absolute number one we put him first in everything and I was encouraged I was encouraged by the message and I was encouraged that my 17 year old niece is listening to stuff like this I was like wow that's amazing that's that's brilliant so you know it's a good thing to do encourage one another yeah totally totally don't don't underestimate it uh, right. Well, let's kind of bring it to land. The other person we spoke to, um, I, hope, I don't think we missed anybody out, have we, Helen? I That'd be awful not. if we have. Yeah. Um, don't think we have. It was um, Professor Norman Fenton. Um, that was our most recent interview, and he's he's done he's done loads in the in the fight against oh, COVID tyranny, hasn't he? He's yeah. been amazing. Um, yeah, he's he's spoken out on on COVID COVID issues, and it's you know it's cost him it's cost him it's cost him to do that, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, and he's um, also been speaking out against anti-Semitism and we've seen a real rise in that recently, especially since um, the 7th of October attack in Israel. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, we we also touched very briefly on, we did a previous podcast on replacement theology um, and we don't actually believe it's a genuine theology, but it is certainly something that a lot of Christians do, do would hold to. And it tied in quite well with with our chat with Norman, didn't it? Because um, I think, again, we've got to really dig down into God's word and accept the whole counsel of his word and how we fit into that um, and how others fit into that as well. But, yeah, no, do recommend you have a a listen to to that one. Um, Anything else to add on Mr. Um, Benson or...? Well, just thinking about that conversation we we had with Norman, um, uh, who, you know, I just I have so much respect for him. And, um, you know, I think we said at the time, do you pray for him and his, yes, his family? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think, you know, thinking on that and when we talked about replacement theology, I think it's really important to remember that God does not change. His, his promises do not change. He's the same God through the Old Testament and the New and that Jesus came to fulfil the law and not to replace it. Yes. And I think that's it's really important that we understand that. Yeah, it is. It is so important. It is so important. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other kind of things we can we can talk about, but but we won't because I think we probably reached our, reached our time. Uh, but thank you for listening to this podcast, and we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to do that. We love to hear your feedback. If you've got any comments, if you've got topics that you'd like us to talk about, and we do, we do have a kind of a working list of subjects and people we want to speak to. But if we're always open to um, listeners suggesting things, then please do get in touch with us. You can find out how to do that from the link tree, which is on the Podbean site. Um, so, like I said before, we're a bit like the A team. If you really want to get in contact with us, you can, um, but you might have to. Just try a little bit harder than perhaps what you might expect. Um, and, of course, do share the podcast with people you want to encourage and, and and kind of challenge maybe. 
um, and get a different view in. But as as ever, we want to finish with some of God's word because God should always have the last word, and His word is the most important thing. So we got we got a good one, haven't we, Helen? Well, it's never going to be a bad yeah, one, is it? It's always going to be. <laughs> you know what one. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think this is a good one um, for us at any time, but maybe you know, coming into it a new year. So um, reading from Romans chapter twelve. Um, at the beginning. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. Amen. That's so good, isn't it? Yeah. So we got, we got, yeah, I mean, there's so much in there, but obviously we got don't be conformed. So the kind of a negative, but it's not just about not being conformed. It's about being transformed. The positive, we, we don't do something. And in, in its place, we allow something else to take place, which is that being transformed by the renewing of our minds. And then, of course, it tells us that we can test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. And this is an ongoing thing, isn't it, Helen? It's not something we think, right, I've ticked Romans 12 off in my life. I ticked that off in 1984, February the 12th. Uh, no, we need to do this daily. We need to remind ourselves of this truth. Go on being transformed. Exactly, exactly. So for 2024, let's just let's be a people who are not conforming, but be but are being transformed and as we do that we we can offer our bodies as living sacrifices to god and it, that is our amazing spiritual act of worship uh, and i think as we do this as we live this out we'll see god moving we'll see god use us we'll see god uses in ways we don't expect see god uses to reach people we might not have otherwise thought reachable um and yeah we're only here on this earth for a very short time at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, let's try and maximise that time to the full for God's glory. Should we finish there? that? Yeah. Yeah, well, like I say, thank you very much for listening. Do share the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Telegram. We have a very small Telegram channel, which you're very welcome to join. Uh, again, the links are in the link tree. Uh, Helen's Substack is always worth a read. Do check out the links in the podcast as well, um, because they'll, yeah, there'll be lots of good stuff in there, especially about people we have interviewed over this last year or chatted with. And uh, do check out their websites, their podcasts, their publications because they're well worth paying attention to right i think we're done thank you very much for listening see yep. you on the next one yep bye